Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, that you had a very happy Thanksgiving. And we hope that the uh, beginning of the week has you in a better mood with the Dallas Cowboys getting ready to play on Thursday night football. It is time for our weekly Dallas Cowboys roundtable. Been a weird couple of weeks, obviously, with the team playing on back-to-back Thursdays. But we are here every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Time. Nonetheless, we have assembled quite the cast for you this particular evening some are saying the greatest crossover event of all time the uh, SB Nation version of the Avengers going in clockwise order here we have Tony Catalina aka Mr. Catalina uh, the homeowner he is so if you have any recommendations on things to spruce up his casa let him know on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina next up in line it is the one and only Dan Rogers aka Danny Phantom uh, the best Nickelodeon cartoon some people are saying so uh, congratulations to him for that particular name underneath him uh, again just uh, in terms of how we're presented here on our YouTube channel you can of course listen to this on the blog of the voice podcast network where you can also hear every Saturday on two minute warning the professor Aiden Davis uh, here to spread some knowledge and spread some wisdom going to be an interesting conversation tonight i'm very excited about it next up uh i don't know what his wrestling name is we can figure that out but it is uh from chop sports from jersey boys from all over the world dave sturchio on twitter at dave sturchio and finally it is the wisest of us all the one and only the og tom ryle on twitter at tom ryle btv dan i go to you how was your thanksgiving what did you eat what are you thankful for are you excited that the cowboys are playing on another thursday back-to-back nights you get to watch survivor and then the cowboys pretty interesting week for you yeah you know it it's great uh i overate uh we overcooked and uh sent our family away with a bunch of food so um it was delightful in that manner um i didn't get to uh put up my Christmas stuff like I typically do. So I'm feeling a little lazy right now. I'm kind of, I feel lethargic. I'm, feel, I'm kind of feeling like the Cowboys. Mm, to be honest. That's uh, a little I'll bit play. disconcerting. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and just dive right into it. Uh, we go first to our resident chicken little, uh, Tony Canalita. You were on the blog and the boys post game show with me uh, on Thanksgiving night. And we unpacked uh, really the horror that, you know, unveiled itself in front of us, in front of all of the world, something like a million, jillion, billion people uh, watched the Cowboys disappoint us all. Three straight Thanksgiving Day losses, as Dan Rogers told us recently on Dallas Cowboys Roundup. And so, Tony, I put it to you. We're going to ask everybody here. And if you're watching with us live, we want to know, is it time to panic? It's 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 not time to panic. It's a, it's a yes or yeah. no question, Tony. You got to decide one way or the other. It's, it's complex. You got to peel the onion of this team layer by layer. Uh, you know, I said on record on our two minute warning podcast that if we came back after the holiday and we were seven and four, I might be smashing the panic button a little bit. Um, you know, I've come to my senses in understanding that, you know, the Calvary is coming back. 
it looks like, you know, there may be some help on the way. But, you know, this week has been a challenge. <laughs> I mean, every day, you know, it seems like we're rolling with another punch here. Um, I'm not completely panicking because everything they want and need is right still in front of them. With help coming, they just need to get through this new, you know, wave of issues going on. But 7-4 and four does not taste as good as 8-3 and three could have. Uh, Aiden, the last time you were on a round table, the Dallas Cowboys were seven and two, uh, as you missed last week's discussion after the loss of the Kansas city Chiefs. Some are saying this is your fault. Uh, are you panicked? Are you worried? Are you concerned after the Cowboys have lost three of their last four games granted to AFC teams in each and every one of them? I'm kind of taking the position where I'm panicking, but the panic can be easily res- I'm fine to just put the stretch behind us. If, I see any type of indication that this team can live up to the pre-buy Cowboys that we saw. I'm hoping that Cooper and Lamb bring, or yeah, Cooper and Lamb eventually bring that. But I don't think, I just don't think they're as impactful as what we've been seeing. Um, Sturge, I mentioned that Tony is our resident chicken little. You are a resident Homer. Uh, if anybody listened to Jersey boys on Monday, which was yesterday at the time of our discussion here, it was everybody else's fault. The refs Dak didn't make any bad throws. I mean, the Cowboys just were victims on Thanksgiving day. How could the world set them up to fail like that? Uh, Donnie Sturge says, I don't think it's time to panic yet. Got depth coming back. You lose against the saints by a last minute field goal, but a clean game. No, but if you lose by two or more scores, bring out the chicken little, which would be Tony, your co-host, Sturge. So you don't seem like you are ready to smash the glass, Sturge. Are, are you of the mindset? It does. You know, CeeDee Lamb's going to play on Thursday. It looks like Demarcus Lawrence doesn't look like Amari Cooper. We'll get uh, into how the Cowboys might be without him on the field. But um, Neville Gallimore is making his way back. But Tristan Hill suspended two games. We found out today from Kate Urban, Brent Urban's wife, that he had season-ending surgery. So there are a lot of moving parts. Has that has that pushed you in one direction, Sturge? Uh, no. As far as panic goes, no. Uh, I'm not panicking because of where we play, because of our schedule remaining. Like, there's a lot of optimism in front of us. Uh, I'll just take it right from the horse's mouth himself. You know, Dak Prescott claims that he's pissed. I'm kind of pissed. That he was pissed got- last week, though, and then they put up a stinker against yeah, the Raiders. I- so, I mean, what what does being pissed mean anymore? No, I, I think it's I think it's more frustration because he knows what kind of team is on the field and what kind of team they have, and they just haven't executed. And I know that's kind of like coach speak and player speak when they're just like, well, we just have to execute. Well, I, I, I understand that. But, like, I think that these guys are, are you know, they're playing from behind. They're slow, you know, slow starts, which is very familiar um, for the, for this team, not in this specific team, like the 2021 team, but slow starts. We've all, you know, as, as guys that cover the team, we, we, we have seen these before. They have to get off to a fast start. I think, honestly, you know, you get in front of a live dome on a Thursday night and it's just going to be, it's going to be very loud. And I, and I, and you would hope that the fast start happens, but I'm, I'm more, I'm more pissed off than, um, than uh, panicked. Tom, I want to come to you now because football is, is a funny animal. Um, I don't know, you know, and let me be very clear. I listen to everything we put out at Blogging the Voice. So two-minute warning comes out on Saturday. Despite how pissed off I am about the Thanksgiving Day loss, 
I'm listening. You can hear Tony Catalina, Dave Sturcho, Aiden Davis every Saturday, by the way. But Tom, if, if you're anything like me, I didn't want anything to do with any national show on Friday. I didn't want to hear any national podcast. I didn't want anything. I mean, you know, nothing. But then the Eagles lose on Sunday. Give me, give it off. Give me everything. I, I want, I'm back. I'm hooked. I'm, I love the NFL. I love football. It's beautiful chaos. And so, Tom, you know, the Cowboys did get some help, obviously. They did, did keep their level of breathing room thanks to the New York Giants beating the Philadelphia Eagles. And what's more, um, it, it, my read on this is they're kind of almost firmly entrenched towards the path to the number four seed. And it looks like they'll draw the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card round. And they don't look intimidating losers of three straight. So, Tom, the Cowboys, if, if we're feeling good about anything, it's about things that have nothing to do with them, which is, you know, nice, but it does feel a little bit empty. Yeah, it does. And I, I'm not panicking, but ask me again on Friday. That may be a completely different answer depending on how they how they look in, in a game that I have I have no idea what is coming between all the turmoil with the Cowboys, with having to, you know, have Dan Quinn fill in for the ailing Mike McCarthy who's who's in the COVID protocol, with what's going to be a shorthanded wide receiver core again, with big question marks about the running game, with is the O-line going to get settled down with the defense coming off a real mess when they might need Dan Quinn to be focusing on them and not having to think about the team as a whole. And and now we're looking at Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback for the, for the saints. And I've got no idea what that's going to mean for the game because, you know, he's had some, some good games and he's had some just really incompetent games. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and I just need to see them put something together on Thursday. So maybe we'll have a little bit better idea. But that's been two two eggs in a row they've laid that I didn't expect them to lay. Mm. Ironically, uh, they laid the eggs, which happens in a coop. And they did it without Amari Cooper. So, uh, Dan. Um, it was a late egg. Like. Uh, it was an it was a late egg. Um, you know, we we don't have to relitigate what happened on Thanksgiving Day. Um, you know, because Sturch, we all know what you believe that you know the Cowboys are the best team in the world. They're not flawed in any way, shape, or form. Um, Dan, I want to ask you something before I actually ask you something. Do you you you're you know Pacific Northwest guy, um, land of maple syrup, as we've discussed. Uh, you know, you're you know it's colder there. Do you drink tea, Dan? Like hot, warm tea. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer iced tea. Are we talking but, sweet, uh, unsweet? Like what's, what's the deal here? Slightly, slightly sweetened, not mm. over, overly sweetened. Okay, that's fine. Uh, this is more of a hot tea question because the subject at hand is reading the Dallas Cowboys tea leaves. And Dan, you're really good at this. Um, as mentioned, you were the one who noted the Cowboys have lost three straight Thanksgiving Day games, uh, which is really sad. Uh, I know Sturge talked about that as well on Jersey Boys, but, um, Dan, Ahead of the Minnesota Vikings game, it was nothing but Dak's on track to play. He's going to play. Everything's looking good. Doesn't play. Ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs game, Tyron Smith's looking good. Looks like he's going to come back. He's he's looking great. He's coming back from his injury. Doesn't play. Ahead of Thanksgiving Day against Vegas, CeeDee Lamb, I know he was in the concussion protocol. He's looking really good. Looks like CeeDee Lamb's going to play. Doesn't wind up playing. Here we are now getting ready for New Orleans. And I thought this was very interesting. Mike McCarthy, as Tom noted, obviously in COVID protocol, our our best wishes are with him and his family. But Mike McCarthy, Dan, came out on Tuesday and said, you know, if Amari can't go on Wednesday, I don't think he plays. You know, 
that is extremely unlike Mike McCarthy in my mind. I mean, I, I've never seen him, you know, be this open. We know him to kind of be this close to the vest guy. Do you think Mike McCarthy is, is doing the inverse of what he did before and maybe even doing what he did before with Zeke Elliott? You know, we've heard Zeke looks great despite the report over the weekend that the Cowboys might rest him on Thursday against New Orleans. Do you think the Cowboys might surprise us in that sense on Thursday night? I would like to say so, but um, I do not believe that. I think that you know, the Cowboys typically have been overly optimistic, as you just listed a bunch of examples where it looked like, you know, players were in line to, to play, and then they didn't. Um, quite honestly, it just it's worrisome for him to say something like that, you know, because it almost makes me wonder about, will we see him the following week? I, you know, I'm not even sure Demarcus Lawrence is going to play on Thursday. I mean, I just... Mm. I just, I mean, he will, right? He's gonna, right, guys? He's gonna play. Yes. Um, but I just, we, we know you think yes, Sturge. We know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I know they're always trying to think positive, and sometimes it's a little bit too positive. And you know, the reality is these these guys aren't ready. Um, so I, I don't think it's any type of reverse thing. I actually think it's more of a sign that things aren't as, you know, even that good. So. So Dan doesn't subscribe to this notion. Does anybody, is anybody willing to take my conspiracy theory and run with it? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Tony, I saw you unmute yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of I kind of like the way you're thinking because like you said, they've been overly positive all week about these players just to sit them. And then in this instance, they're like, well, I don't know. Amari Cooper doesn't look so ready. He's got to show us something this week. And it's like, you know, Jerry Jones coming out saying, yeah, we should have Amari Cooper this week. And then Mike, pumping the brakes it's kind of like the opposite of what like it's been every week you know well, rem so remember, um, not to cut you off tony but remember early in the season jerry does his morning radio hit on 105 through the fan says yeah terrence Steele starting a right tackle in this press conference like 20 minutes later mike mccarthy says we haven't made any decisions at right tackle lo and behold for terrence Steele to start that's the one battle we we haven't really touched on this year is mike's pressers versus jerry's pressers and just the the contrast of those two people speaking minutes from each other so it's 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 been interesting but yeah i kind of buy into that and i could honestly see them being like wow look at amari cooper he's ready to go we told you on tuesday he wasn't going to play and here it is so i'm, I'm into that mm, the old switcheroo tom i want to ask you um because i don't think enough people have really talked about this uh maybe i've just been busy um but what what was your thought on thanksgiving when an hour an hour and a half before kickoff all the reports are Terrence Steele's out there starting at right tackle. He's taken all the first team reps. It's not Lyle Collins. Um, I mean, how, how did that make you feel, Tom? I'm real puzzled because I don't know what's going on. Is is Collins just in the doghouse with him for some reason? I don't well, think there's Explain question. it. Explain it as best you can. I, however, you, however you can. I mean, that's I'm not the only saying, there's no I pressure have. to be right, but what makes the most sense to you? That's the only thing I can figure is that they're they're not happy with Collins. Uh, now he's going to be forced out there, which I think puts the better player at right tackle, and it may benefit the team in some way. I, I just need them to get settled down, and I really wish they'd reevaluate the whole Connor Williams, Connor McGovern swap because I think on balance, Williams does more for them. Yeah, he had a run of penalties, but, you know, as, as Sturch notes, the, the officials seem to have some weird prejudices about the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, maybe Williams can go out there and, and avoid getting called for a holding uh, every other play. 
I just want to see them get something stable because I think that's been the biggest problem with the running game. And it's just I, that's why I, I'm I'm going into this not sure what I'm going to see at all. I felt like I knew what I was going to see the past couple of games, and I didn't. And so this time it's just like, okay, I'm not going to be very surprised by much of anything. You know, the Cowboys could win by 30 or lose by 30, and I don't know either one would be shocking to me. Um, Aiden, I want to bring up a comment from Kevin says what they have been doing with the O-line makes no sense. They have broken the line and the run game results prove it. Sturge, I'm going to come to you after this. Um, in your thoughts after the second series of the game offensively, when Lyle Collins came in at right tackle and Connor Williams came in at left guard only to be reshuffled. Um, are you cool with this? Do you hate this? You know, you know, how are you feeling? I mean, if I'm a Raiders fan, I like the move. But mm. no, that was it's just we talked about this on two minute warning. It's you finally have your guys back. Tyron Smith's back out on the field. You have a completely healthy line. You finally have some time to gain consistency. So then why would you mess with it by then shuffling the entire line? And this the comment, Kevin, you point great point. The run game has not been there since the bye week and. I think it's this constant shuffling that we're doing. Granted, Tyrone was out. I get that. But he was back last game, and the running game didn't impress me. So I'm just worried. All right, Sturge. Silver and blue glasses on. Expl- explain this one. Justify this for us, how the Dallas Cowboys could possibly be in the right for handling the offensive line the way they have over the last month. Uh, they're not, <laughs> they're not, they, they did not handle it well. Uh, I think the removal or the, at least the swap of McGovern and Williams is justified based off the penalty situation. I think that's a hundred percent warranted. So we're uh, going to bench Anthony Brown. Oh, I mean, I've been trying to bench Anthony Brown for a long time, but Catalina's over here thinking he's an all pro. Um, I, I would, I would say that, you know, as far as the offensive line is concerned, uh, the, the benching and the, and the swap there was justified. Uh, what they did at right tackle was completely, I, I don't even know what. Um, I would never, and don't take this the wrong way, for anybody out there with, like, sensitivity issues or anything like that. But, like, when, when Terrence Steele comes down with COVID, I'm like, darn. You know, like, I know that Collins is going to get back to right tackle. You know what I mean? And I think he's the better of the uh, of the two. Uh, and I think he's going to get his rightful spot back. And I think the running game is actually going to finally get going with Connor McGovern at left guard and, and, you know, and, and Collins at right tackle. So I think this is your best five. They always talk about best five. Uh, this is your best five right here. And I think it finally gets going. Dan, you noted on today's Cowboys roundup that for the first time since 2019, the Cowboys will play Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins in a game. Uh, and funny note about that. A lot of people think that happened week one. But again, as you mentioned, Zach Martin was in the COVID protocol himself. Do you feel like this is the best assembly? Has has what they've done made you doubt that this is the best assembly? You know, maybe, maybe doubt your own logic? I mean, you know, like, how are you feeling about all this and, and the constant movement happening almost on a week-to-week basis? So it's it's difficult because they've been doing so much shuffling. But honestly, I, you know, I know I'm in the minority here, but um, I think Terrence still at right tackle is the right thing. Um, Ooh, does anybody agree with Dan? Sorry, Dan, just to see if, no, if you Nobody any... agrees with me. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to ask that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't know if you saw a tweet I made a few days ago where I kind of listed and showed, the, you know, the rush, rushing production based on which arrangement of, of offensive linemen they had in, in, 
the one that stood out obviously was you know steel at right tackle of course we had Ty- tyron smith and also connor williams um i don't know if there's any correlation there uh with with that group but i will say this I, you know i i do applaud them for giving mcgovern a, a shot i you know we've all kind of been waiting for that to happen and if they just keep doing this and try to get things to work i'm fine with it even though the mccarthy preaches continuity which he doesn't you know follow which, which he purposely disassembled right yeah, yeah. but i do trust the cowboys coaching staff I, I, I trust philbin i think that uh the right guy is out there um i think we all kind of just think that 2019 lyle collins is is right there ready to play and that we haven't i haven't seen him at that level yet and if when that happens then this discussion's over for, i'll be w- with the rest of you guys but right now still just it seems like he's the the right play there that, that's my mm. feelings yeah i mean the last time lyle collins just like if you want to like be dramatic about it played right tackle at an elite level joe burrow was in college you know what i mean like if you just you know to, to, to put some perspective on it um i want to go around the horn here uh so we'll go in clockwise order tony you're up first dj dog 31 says put connor williams back at left guard and let's get mcgovern back at his utility role don't tell me williams gets too many penalties look what happened in the raider game everybody which connor do you want to start at left guard tony i understand their opera like their you know, thinking, you know, Connor Williams has had too many penalties. Let's put Connor McGovern out there and get a chance. I'm not a grass is greener type of guy. It, you know, I just want the best player to play. And, and in this instance, they had to do a shakeup. Um, I think in year two in his development, I think that Connor Williams has proven to be you know better at this point in time. You know, the potential may grow. Con- I mean, there's a lot of people who are expecting big things from Connor McGovern, and I'm one of them. Um, right now, I think we all saw the jump from Connor Williams from year one to year two, strength wise, understanding. I think those things have to be accounted for, especially at the offensive line position. So I'm giving a long-winded answer to say I think Connor Williams, if he could nip the the penalties in the bud, he might just be a tick better of an offensive lineman at this point, but that doesn't have to speak towards the future and what Connor McGovern may end up being a better football player. But I think right now, Connor Williams may help this team in this current state. Okay. That's one for Williams, Dan. Um, I mean, I agree with, with what Tony said, but I'm a, I want to give McGovern a little more, a little more of a chance. You know, you kind of saw how still did a little better. His second chance at left tackle. You saw you, we're not even talking about Tyler Biotish anymore. You can see how, you know, giving him that's more. A good point. So, I want to give McGovern a, a little more of an opportunity. So I'm going okay. to stick, stick with him. So one for each. Aiden, whichever one you don't choose, that person's going to hate you. Uh, who is your answer? <laughs> I'm going Connor Williams just because I really like how he does in the run game. I think he opens it up. And I I understand the argument you want your players to develop. You want your young guys that you will have on contract to develop. But this isn't baseball with a 162-game season where you can afford those development games. I want the best five out there at all times because we're trying to make a playoff run this year. Mm. Okay, so two for William Sturch. Chase said in the chat that you are always the voice of reason. Uh, but Chase did say no offense to anybody else. So uh, no offense, Tony. No offense, Dan. No offense, Aiden. No offense, Tom. Uh, <laughs> but Sturch, uh, where are you at here, Williams or McGovern? I think the better football player is Connor Williams. I mean, that's not like for me, that's not really up for debate. I think what the move, when the move was made because of the penalties, it shows a little bit more of the aggressive side of Mike McCarthy saying, you're messing this up for us, kid. We're going to give the other guy a chance to kind of take you Wally Pip situation, you know, except for the no injury here, but just like, let's see what he's got. So I think they have to just ride out what they have right now, because the more you flip flop, the more this 
the camaraderie just, you know, it, it goes away. The gelling goes away. Um, stick with McGovern. Williams is the better player. Yeah, it feels like when you're baking something and you're like constantly taking it out of the oven to check, you know what I mean? And like it just right. doesn't, and it's just doesn't get cooler. the time. Right. right. Uh, Tom, the, the vote is three to one. But if you make a compelling enough case, I'm willing to award you three points uh, for this specific <laughs> answer. Uh, but Williams, McGovern, where you at? I, I'd go with Connor Williams because they're coming off of a two-game winning streak with all this experimentation and trying to get the young player developed. Let's losing stop streak, that. losing streak to be yeah, to be two clear. game losing streak. Did I say winning? I'm sorry. Different. Wishful thinking. Uh, yeah, they're coming off of the streak. Uh, they need to get Williams in there because I think he gives them the best chance to win this week and probably for the rest of this season. So just you know, stop with the development. Let's focus on the road ahead before we get to a situation where they are desperately having to win games. Right now, they've still got that two-game lead in the NFC East. So let's not let that shrink. Mm, okay, so after this round of questioning, uh, first awarding of points here tonight on this particular roundtable, Sturch, you get five points. I think you had the best answer. Uh, so congratulations to you for the early lead. However, Dan, uh, three points to you for being brave enough to go out on an island, uh, despite the fact that I don't agree with you. But still, I mean, I, I respect, you know, the gall that, that you have. I mean, you know. Hate, you know, I don't hate the player or the game. I mean, I respect the move all the way around. Uh, Tom, you mentioned the NFC East, so we'll go back to you. Remember, guys, points are up for grabs all the time. Uh, F Kit Crutch asks, with the Eagles losing Sunday, is anyone still afraid of losing the division? Tom, are you? It's not impossible. I mean, the Cowboys have to win games. The 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 rest of the 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 schedule. They've got the Saints, they've got the Cardinals, then they've got the Giants, the Eagles, and the football team twice. And they've got to win those games. If they don't win those games, it could slip away. There's still enough time mm, to fumble. You're not answering now, the question, Tom. Let's go. Let's get let's get somewhere, please. I was I was saying I'm I'm worried about it. I don't know if it's a level of fear, but they the Cowboys have to win to make that fear go away. Mm. Okay, negative two points. Back down to three. Sturge. <laughs> um, well, it's funny. Uh, was this F, uh, F Kit Crunch? Okay, all right. Well, he says, are, is anyone afraid of losing the division? The This this Cowboys team needs to win this division. You know, it mm. has nothing to do with losing. Like, the rest of the teams are hot garbage. I'm sorry. Like, they're, like, they're not good football teams. They're winning games despite their – like, their, their records, like, it's just not doesn't make any sense to me. Last night or on Monday, we're watching the Washington football team take out Pete Carroll and Russ Wilson. Like that, that to me, that's just like what. And, and Pete Carroll and Russ Giants. Wilson also play for a Washington football team. Just to be very clear. Say what? They also play for a Washington football team. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson do. Oh, for love. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I digress with that one, but uh, yeah, and you're right. Um, but then, like the Eagles losing to the Giants, the rest of the division are are just. It's just bad. It's just bad. So this is not. I'm not worried about losing the division. The Cowboys just have to go win the division. You just win, win two games right now. Win two games. Get to nine wins at this point, and and then you. I have it hard pressed to think that the other teams in the division can get to nine wins. You know what I mean? So it's it's just a matter of getting the amount of wins it's going to take. And since everybody's kind of writing everything off and saying that we're going to be the four seed, then so be it. You know what I mean? And I am for the record. I don't think the Rams are solidified as the five, by the way. I don't think that's a thing. Um, it's amazing. I feel like the Chiefs and the Raiders games here, like no answers, no nothing. I mean, this just like we just existed for these last two answers. You guys just took up like, you know, 180 seconds of our lives. Aiden, could you please answer the question? <laughs> I am afraid of losing the division at this point Here because <laughs> what I saw out of the football team last night 
I understand it was Russell. Russell Wilson's not looking great since he came off the injury. The Seahawks as a whole are not a great football team. But the defense, that defense that we came into the season scared of, they're finally starting to gain some momentum. Heineke's looking like a uh, he's looked like a competent quarterback. What and he's, that run, the, he's the what best quarterback in the division? Second. Right, two, two, yeah, two. Unless the only other argument would be Hurts, right? And I, yeah. you just that's not a good the Giants. So yeah, but, yeah. Okay. You were so actually think, answering it, and I just I disrupted. Go ahead. I mean, they looked. I'm gonna say they looked good last night, and they definitely looked like a team that. If the Cowboys played like they did against the Raiders or the Chiefs against the football team, that's a team that looks like they could beat the Cowboys now. So, yeah, I'm a little afraid, hoping things get back on track. Mm, okay, respect on answering the question. Dan, Tony, the rules are clear. Dan, you're up first. A little bit. A little bit. Me- um, give a, measure that little bit. I mean, like one to ten scale. Put, put a number on it. Well, I mean, we keep losing games, so – I don't know. I'm. I, I feel like I'm at a three level for losing the division. I think. I mean, did I, I don't know. That just that's a little more panicky. I'm at a two. Um, wow. The thing is, so Washington does control their own destiny. They're like the only team in our division that could actually don't need any help. You know, they haven't lost to the Cowboys yet, so they could essentially catch us by you know beating us twice and winning the tiebreaker. Uh, the thing is, the Cowboys are not going to keep playing like this. So it's really hard for me to think that any team's going to ca- catch them. And, and I, like we I mentioned before, if, if that happens, we got bigger problems than, you know, not being able to beat out our teams could, in the division because we're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. But so, I mean, there's some worry. Obviously, losing three of the last four will create that. But I just – I still feel like nobody's – gonna catch us but there's there is a little bit tony short answer no and it would just take the reason being it just it would take like a an epic collapse for this to end up happening it would just take so much to go wrong for this team to lose this division just based on the start we had i mean we start i mean seems like a year ago that they were six and one i mean they've built enough early season equity to to you know, we're in a two-game skid, and now we're talking about is is everything burning around us, and we feel it. You know, so at the end of the day, I, I'm not as worried because this this the teams in the division besides the Cowboys, and I mean, I guess you could throw the Cowboys in there, but they're just so finicky. You know what I mean? Like you said, Washington looks like they're coming together, and it's like, and so did the Eagles, and then they lose to the Giants, and it just. Do you feel any confidence that this team can just, well, the other teams in the division can go out and just beat anybody at any point in time? And it, it might come to a point where if the Cowboys just win and, you know, they get a couple wins and they get off, you know, their back here, um, the, the season just might run out of time. And maybe that doesn't sound great about one in the division, but the Cowboys have time on their hands and the schedule seems to be favorable. And they have these teams that are, you know, the ones that we should watch out for, like Washington and Philly. And, you know, we have them on our schedule so we can handle everything we can, you know, take care of all family business if we have to and want to. So I'm not really worried about the division because there's so much left in front of us. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, um, I've decided Tony had the best answer. Tony, congratulations. Ten points to you because uh, you had a short answer and a long answer. You fleshed it out. Uh, early lead. Um, the worst answer, in case anybody's keeping score, uh, was Sturge. Um, just so, so we're all aware. Um, on the subject of, uh, of the Cowboys uh, doing well, uh, I saw Chase said in the comments the Cowboys should start prepping for a 49ers matchup uh, come playoff time. Aiden, I want to go to you. Um, I said that I think the Cowboys are kind of firmly entrenched in that four seed spot. I think we we can firmly establish they're not going to get the ones. They're not going to get that first round by. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, what seed do you think the Cowboys will earn come playoffs? And I don't have it on the on the graphic here, but um, I mean, but are you afraid of anybody else? You know, or any wild card team? So two two part question for everybody: What seed do you think the Cowboys are on track to ultimately earn? And are there any wild card teams that scare you because the Rams have looked a little bit more hollow as of late? This is tough just because I don't know the other team's schedule. I'd say probably the four seed just because we don't have the tiebreaker with the Bucks, And it's kind of like where we are in the division where I think we're running out of time to start gaining ground on any right. of the other teams. So I'd say four seed. With that being said, I still think the Rams... I'm still a little bit afraid of the Rams just because, I mean, it's the Rams. That, that offense, it's a very solid defense. I know they have been playing well, but, yeah, I'm a little afraid of them. Sturch, um, are you feeling like the two seed's still possible? You see, you see the Packers collapsing? Three seed? I mean, because, again, to end point, Tampa has the tiebreaker over the Cowboys, and right now Dallas is, therefore, a game and a half behind. Um, they would need a lot of things to go their way to certainly wind up with the two seed, let alone the three seed. That's why I, I, I personally think the four seed is just kind of what's ultimately going to happen. Do you see it that way? Or are you more optimistic? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic because right now, as doom and gloom as it seems, and the Cowboys are seven and four, they're five and one in the NFC. So, like, they definitely have a really good NFC conference record. And there you go. Kyle's There's, point is, is in agreement with you, right? Yeah, my boy, the sauce right there. Um, he, uh, yeah, I agree completely. And I, and I think that. You know, the Cowboys being five and one and then the rest of the season on, you know, with the Cardinals on their schedule. I still think the Cardinals, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just a gut feeling. I don't know. 
that they might fold a little bit, you know, and, and but I that's a fold that, a lot for Dallas to catch them. Not necessarily because they're on the schedule, you know, and it's only so, a two you, so you're assuming a Cowboys win in week 17. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that, that's our last home bad. game of the okay. year. It's, a, it's our last home game of the year, and, and I think that that game could be, you know, the Cowboys. Keep in mind, and I, and I don't know how people, how many people on the on the team or in, within the organization uh, believe in, like, bulletin board material, but remember, when, when Kyler Murray was asked Ooh. about if he was a Cowboys fan, he said, nah, man, they were ass. Like, they, people remember this When stuff, he was okay? growing up, to be clear, he didn't Doesn't say matter. they Doesn't were matter. that today. Doesn't matter. Just, Doesn't let's, matter. Just, let's just be literal and accurate. Let's give he's Kyler knocking, just a, a he's shred He's knocking the team. He's knocking the team. There's going to be a couple guys, one named Micah Parsons, one named Randy Gregory, one named Demarcus Lawrence, but we'll get there when we get there. As far as seeding is concerned, I think Dallas can move up to as high as three, and I would give the one two to uh, you know Green Bay and uh, and Tampa. And the I base. think with the with the win over uh, the Cardinals in Week 17, and a couple things going our way, and us winning games throughout December, uh, I think the Cowboys can get up to three and and then play. Was it the six? Yeah, right. That would be the sixth seed in which I think that might be the Rams. You know what I mean? So I think that the, the Cowboys being the three seed, they could still host the Rams uh, because I believe I don't know why. Maybe it's just like I'm more of a, a time of possession guy. And like if the 49ers can just keep not making mistakes and run the football the way they've been running it, I think the Niners got a really good shot to, to just surprise a lot of people and get that fifth seed. That'd be really funny if the Cowboys did scratch and claw their way up to the three seed and still wound up hosting the Rams, which <laughs> right. is what we've been afraid of all year long. Um, Tom, uh, Underground West says Green Bay looks unbeatable right now. Do you agree with this? Are you willing to concede that whatever seed Dallas has, they're ultimately going to be behind Green Bay? I don't think anybody's unbeatable. Because Call them out, Tom. Say their chaos, chaos has been the name of the game in the NFL. You're seeing... Every week you see scores that are like, what? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think Green Bay definitely has the best track, I think, to be the number one seed just because of Aaron freaking Rodgers. Uh, I, I think the Cowboys are probably trending towards the fourth seed, but there are plenty of scenarios they could get the three or maybe even into the discussion for the two. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting how this could track out because they could be scrambling the rest of the way just to hang on to the four seed by winning the NFC East. They could come into that game against the Cardinals with a seed on the line in the game, or they could go into that game with everything locked up and basically be selectively resting some of their players the last two games. You know, it's just, it's it's right now this close to the end of the season there is so much flux possible that you didn't used to see i want to adjust my question and frame it to you tony this way it is possible as tom mentioned for dallas's game against arizona which is the penultimate week of the regular season to be meaningless i mean that they could have won the nfc east and really you know have any movement be impractical or unlikely how would you feel tony about two meaningless games before the wild card round for the Cowboys. Would you be happy to, to rest up, you know, again, depending on how things shake out between now and then, or would you be nervous about the Cowboys not playing a game of consequence until the playoffs? I would be happy in a sense, the fact that by that point, if the, if those two meaningless games, it means we took care of business leading up to that. Right. So the, the, we're winning football games and we secured and took care of what we, we had to. It, but then knowing how this team has reacted coming off a of bye week and how they act when they have a little bit of time off, it's 
that would concern me a bit. I think we've seen historically that it doesn't really work in this favor too often with teams. And I would like to keep striking while the iron's hot, you know, and I, you know, I don't want them to come into two weeks where it's like, Oh, you know, we already got it sewn up and you know, we're, we're established to where we're going to be. There is no, you know, further goal. Let's not get hurt. You know, that would scare me, especially two weeks because it's not like you've earned a bye week in the first round of the playoffs and then you go in there. But you're talking about two regular season games. You're going to play in wild card weekend. And it's and it's it's tough to, you know, from zero to 100. And, and to go real quick like that would be a definite concern for me. Dan, if you had to bet your life savings right now on the Cowboys being one seed, what would it be? You don't actually have to bet this, just to be very clear. To pick the seed they're going to be? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to be the fourth. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, they they blew their their opportunity to to not be the fourth, in my opinion. I I know there's a lot of time left, and there's a lot of stuff that's crazy stuff that's happened, and it could, it could still happen. But you know, like Aiden said, you know, the Bucks have the tiebreaker. The Packers won a game on Sunday that kind of was hoping they you know counting on them losing. You know, I just I think it's gonna be really hard for them to to move into a better seed, and I I think they're gonna play the Rams. I uh, I know San Francisco is is hot right now, but the Rams worry me. I I still think that they're that I think they'll get things right, just like the, we expect the Cowboys to to you know get right. I think the Rams will get right too, and then it comes down to the play of, of Matthew Stafford. So, I mean, but to be honest, everything scares me. Even when the Cowboys were were winning, all it takes is one bad game in the playoffs, and we're back to you know McCarthy's no better than what we had he can't get us past the division so i mean anything can happen there so i mean like yeah every, i'm scared of everything um 40 points to dan for the most vulnerability um you guys <laughs> should all let your guards down really that, you know, that, that's now, gonna clinch, that's gonna clinch it here now's <laughs> so. now's the time to to share um on the subject of points there is somebody that is costing the dallas cowboys now normally when we do these round tables i give these guys the 411 in kinds of terms of what we're going to talk about uh as always aiden whipped up something for us to look at and if you're listening to the podcast version of this we certainly encourage you to check out either blog of the boys.com or our social media to see the graph that we are about to discuss but if you're watching it obviously you can see it aiden the time has come to talk about greg zerline and um as kevin notes by the way zerline bad uh, in the comment section, and I think bad is uh, being kind based on what you're about to say. Aiden, um, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Go ahead. Well, if you feel like Greg Zerline misses kicks early, but he always comes out in the clutch, it's because he does. What we're seeing from Zerline is he has a... I'll go to the, I'll go to the other slide. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Aiden. This, I'll keep you here first. My bad. No, we can go to the next slide. So what we're seeing from Zerline is... He's missing kicks. or It's a 76% conversion rate on extra points and field goals in the second quarter. That is ridiculous. And what's happening is, is while it might not look, well, it might not be that bad. Oh, it's three points here, one point there. Who cares? It's costing us later in the game. And sure, he makes clutch kicks. But Zerline's, the Cowboys winning percentage when Zerline misses a kick is 61%. I mean, that's and and we're not talking about these all occurred in 2020 when Dak was out. We're talking about games where, I mean, the only two games you can really point out where Zerline missed a kick and we were gonna lose anyway is the Ravens and the Cardinals. Outside of that, 2020 though, just to be clear, because we're looking at yes, right. yes. Outside of that, every kick that Zerline's missed has impacted the Cowboys in some way. 
especially because he's missing them in right at the beginning of the game and it sets the tone for the rest of the game. And so I am disgusted. So um, for anyone who's watching on a phone, maybe you can't see uh, the numerical values here. Uh, Greg Zerline's field goal and extra points. So his overall kick percentage by quarter in the first quarter, Tom, he is 85.7% accurate. The second quarter, as Aiden mentioned, 77% if you want to round up. The third quarter, 89%. The fourth quarter, a little bit better, 94%. Again, rounding up. In the final two minutes of a game and in overtime, he is 100% accurate, Tom. So he really is this like not Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, he's he's this extraordinary specimen in some ways and that he is remarkably clutch in the moments that, that the team needs him to be. However, a huge reason why they need him to be is because he has helped dig these massive holes with his misses in the game all the way leading up to there. And I think some people, Tom, would say, you know what? I'll take this guy. I'll take the guy who, who can make the money kick at the very end of games. But is, is this satisfactory to you? I mean, are you pleased? Are you okay? Are you, are you fine riding this ride? I mean, looking at this data, Tom, what are your thoughts? My thought is we need to quit trotting them out for long field goals in the second quarter when it's a bad decision. Uh, I put some of this on Mike McCarthy for deciding to roll Zerline out to try, you know, a 53 yarder, uh, you know, from when it's still like three minutes left and the other team has plenty of time to march back down and put their own points up on the board. If, if their line misses, he also did that in the season opener to your point, Tom against Tampa and, and nobody mm-hmm. really cared about that, but Tom Brady did get a pass off that ultimately did enter the airspace of the end zone and therefore presented a threat to the Cowboys. Granted Jordan Lewis picked that up, but the point still stands. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not completely happy with Zerline. Uh, I, I think that there's a little bit too much uh, trust in him. But I, right now, you know, it's, it's too late. I think they had a chance to make a switch, but they didn't. You know, they had a guy that hit everything they asked him to. Um, and now I've forgotten how to pronounce his last name after working so hard for on Liram's name beforehand. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's what they've got. And I think they need to focus on not putting him into those those low percentage situations and just use him, uh, you know, stay aggressive on fourth down when they're down in the other end of the field. Um, you know, I just I, I don't like uh, some of the, the the situations and some of the logic and trying to trot him out there because it's not working out. And I think it's time to just recognize the fact that when you're having someone kick long distance field goals it's by nature a low percentage proposition and they just need to get away from that dan um i mean look nobody greg's airlines a wonderful person and he has made some incredible kicks for the cowboys he's had some incredible moments but have you seen enough i mean is this data enough to have you say if you were in charge you know what let's find another option um or are you comfortable kind of flipping this coin I mean, Greg Zerline has almost missed a kick in, in almost 50% of the games that he has played as a Dallas Cowboy. So you're almost banking on the fact that every other week he is going to miss a kick of some kind. Yeah, I don't know why I have to always, you know, defend Mike McCarthy against <laughs> you guys. But um, can't you trust in his decision to to stick with Zerloin? I mean, so here, my, 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 so your team's feeling, are aligned just to, because we're going to, we're going to pick sides right now, Dan. So your, your team, Greg. I, I'm on, yeah, I'm on the fence, but I'm on the, the, the Z fence still. I'm, I'm still with, with their line. So 
you know, if you look at the, his range of kicks of what he's, he's really good under 50 minus extra points. You know, he's really good. I mean, and that's, that, that's something that, you know, I think we need to appreciate. He's missed some long ones. He, he's not hitting those with the same accuracy as he used to. A couple of them have been really long. Um, but, you know, he's missed three extra points this year. He missed three extra points last year. I don't know what's going on. If, if you watch, take a look at him, he's sometimes he's kicking it from the center. Sometimes he's over on the left. And I think he's trying to overcompensate. So he's trying to work this out. But I really think he's still a good enough kicker. I don't think great kickers are just out there for the picking. You know, um, we never saw Hyrule who we never saw him kick bill goals. I mean, we don't know what he'll be like in in pressure situations. And so I, I'm 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 sticking with Z for the time being. Okay, so Dan is Team Zerline. Sturch, um, I'll allow you to to make your case. Are you with Dan? Are you on the other side? Uh, remember, points are uh, are up for grabs. Zerline won't get them, but maybe you will. I don't think it's fair that we have to panic about every single extra point, and that's what you do when when Greg Zerline lines up. I'm sorry, and missing an extra point isn't just like missing an extra point. Oh well, that's such a momentum boost because if you think about it, flip the coin. When somebody scores on you, that's what so Greg Zerline is is like kicking. By the way, it's flipping a coin. Yes, and that's that's a problem, right? I mean, like, but like, think about it. Like when another team scores a touchdown against us if they miss the extra point you're like wow that's that's really that's that's big i feel a little bit better about this it's only like two field goals not really a touchdown you know what i mean like that's the kind of situation that greg zertline puts us in every time he gets out there you know and that's that's kind of crap you know like i know i know the the answer might not be there for the cowboys right now but it's very unacceptable to accept this you know what i mean to say like okay good luck he's been clutching the fourth quarter like He's only clutching the fourth quarter because he's making us get to those points in the fourth quarter where we have to make a kick. Because had he made the other kicks, we might not be in that situation in the first place. Um, so just to be clear, your team anti-Greg. Just I'm so anti-Greg. Okay. Zerline's cool. got the goal. So one-to-one. We have another graphic to show. Aiden, I was flip-flopping. Could you explain this to us before the rest of us make our case for, for what team we are on here? Yeah, and this is the point that Sturch was making. When Greg Zerline misses a kick, Nearly 50% of the time, the game ends up a one to three point loss or a four to seven point loss. So you're talking about a one score game when Greg Zerline misses a one score loss when Greg Zerline misses a kick. Now, on the flip side, when Greg Zerline misses the kick, misses a kick, he's missed 18 kicks, PATs, and field goals since he's joined the Cowboys. When he 10 out of those 18 times when Greg Zerline misses, it's a one score game. Cowboys are losing by one score. I mean, it's it's like we talked about. Sure, it's just one kick at the beginning of the game, but further down the road, when you have a chance to come back by a field goal, Greg Zerline's not making those kicks early in the game, and it's only it's only getting worse. Tony, what team are you on? I mean, were, were you already anti, you know, Greg? And, and after listening to this, you're even more pissed off. I mean, like, how, how are you feeling? Because, you know, right now the score is one to one, Dan versus Sturch. I'm reluctantly Team Zerline, but that's, oh. not a, that, that's not an endorsement of him. That's more so an indictment of what's out there. And I truly, to me, it's, it's great to see Aiden put numbers to how I feel because 
when we score a touchdown, we have a big drive. I hold my breath more on an extra point than I do late in the game, 52-yard field goal. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll look at my fiance and be like, he's going to drill this to put us in overtime. And then the extra point, I'm like, he's going to really screw the math up when he misses this field goal. I got her screaming at him during the middle of games now. So it's just one of those things where I just don't understand why he can't make the routine or the mundane. He makes the easy look hard. And I'm just like, why? I just don't understand he, I don't know if it's, I don't want to, you know, put this out there, but I don't know if it's a lack of focus or a lack of like, he needs the big game situation, big shot, like three pointer at the buzzer type situation, but, but just go out there I mean, and make the, the, the data supports putt. that. Like that's, that's a you real, know? like you can make that point. Um, go so, make okay. the three foot putt. <laughs> no, that's the thing, dude. He can't make the three foot putt. He wants to chip in, you know, off the fringe or from the sand. Like he, you know, he right. doesn't believe his putters, his least favorite club in the bag. Um, so your teams are aligned incorrect man you're really setting yourself up for some negative points uh tom calvin jefferson says kicking and coaching has cost us games you can directly point out how greg zerline has cost the cowboys two of their four losses uh what team are you on Tom? well i'm anti zerline uh i don't know if there's an answer now but i want a guy who's clutch on extra points and who's very solid inside of 40 and just gives you a chance on the long ball. I think that's the way to go instead of looking at this guy that, oh, he can boom in those 53-yard field goals when we need them you know, at the end of the game because you shouldn't be getting to that situation so often. You ought to be you know, getting the, getting the points that you have right there in front of you, not missing it wide left on what should be an easy field goal and not have to worry about it later on. So, hmm. yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's an answer now, but I would really like them to take a deep, long look at him after the season's over. To stick with the golf analogy, I don't know that this will hit on anybody, but uh, Zerline is like Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, big leg, but you never know where that thing's ended up. Thank you, Bear. Uh, what we need is Colin Morikawa. We don't need the big, you know, leg off the tee. Just put it in the okay. fairway. That's what we okay. need. That's the so, easier shot. So basically. Start, you have some thoughts. Well, I'm just saying, so basically for the non-golf fans, if you're a movie fan, it's Happy Gilmore. That's the long drive, and you just don't know where it's right. going to go. Can't putt for crap, but that's 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 the the lamest terms for people who don't know who Bryce DeChambeau is. I would imagine that most Dallas Cowboys fans don't know who Bryson DeChambeau is, given that he's a, a Dallas, you know, local, um, kind of a prominent person in the oh, Metroplex. Oh. You know, no big oh, deal. Oh. Kind of kind of a famous person. It is what it is. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, we don't need that. And so, Sturch, you're up. It's two to one, Team Anti Greg. Um, oh no, you've already made your case, have you? Yeah, not? He's done. He's I've done. But can, can we shout out? Like, I, I don't ever. I'm not the guy that controls the uh, the the comments or whatever. But Donnie King with his chili dog reference is probably the best thing I've read. Read all it night. for us, Sturch. Uh, Greg Zerline is like the chili dogs I'm having tonight. He could be saucy with his fancy watermelon kicks, but he still gives me indigestion at the wrong time. That's fantastic. <laughs> like that is like money. That is that is the most accurate thing I've ever read tonight. Um, give him the points for this. One. Yeah, seriously. Give yeah, him the okay, point. Donnie, you get some points. But so it is. Uh, I've lost track. I guess three to one. Um, no, it's two to two because Sturge and Tom are anti Greg. Tony and Dan are team Greg. Foolishly, I might add. Uh, Aiden, you compiled the data. Um, you know, pick your team. I mean, yeah, I'm anti Greg. There you we're, go. The, the main thing is I understand the argument that, yeah, we're trotting him out for long field goals, but three out of the four quarters that Greg Zerline kicks in, he's not at the NFL average. I'm not calling for the Cowboys to sign. A, let's, let's put that up again. Aiden, uh, yeah. can you, can you roll through that please? 
Yeah, so third quarter, he's below the NFL average. Second quarter, he's... what? That's... Oh, my math's off, right? He's 12 points below the NFL average. And then the first quarter, he's also below the NFL average. So you're talking about three out of the four quarters that Greg Zerline kicks in, he's not even an average NFL kicker. So we're not talking about a Justin Tucker, let's go find that guy. I'm just just sign an average kicker at this point. Mm, Dan, Tony, when the context is put that way, do either of you want to jump over to Team Anti-Greg? There's four of us here. I just want to mention that we need to, if we're going to point out the games that he cost us because of the missed kicks, we should also, you know, credit him for the games that he's won. Totally. Us and- that's that's what this 100% accuracy in the final two minutes in overtime is. I mean, he he's responsible for some epic moments and some epic wins. But again, he's partly created those circumstances that, you know, those could have been boring, you know, mundane wins instead of these dramatic thrillers that he ultimately won. He's he's yeah. he's making it all about himself, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I uh I would also like the Cowboys offense to to kind of not make it about Greg Zerline too, and not make it to where we're, you know, we're always worried about that kick that he didn't make. So I mean, I think we might be a little bit. I know it's frustrating. We want our kicker to make kicks. You know, not everybody's Dan Bailey, but uh, I, I think we might be just trying to look for a scapegoat right now and. Right now, Zerline's the guy. Dan Dan is very uh, leave Greg alone, like in that Britney voice. <laughs> he's not that bad. He's um, okay. You said he's not Dan Bailey, but to Aiden's point, I'm like I don't even want Dan Bailey. I want Michael Badgley. I, you know, I want Matt Prater. Like I, that's that's Nick what Folk. I. I mean, yeah, I want. I mean, Nick Folk right now. I mean, I want. You know. I mean, I, like, again, we're not asking for perfection. We're, we're asking for NFL average. By the way, thank you to F. Kit Crutch for the Super Chat. It says, go home, ball, get in your home. Uh, thanks to Sturge. Uh, Tony, do you want to reconsider your position, or do you want to go down with the ship? I'm I'm not I'm not a Greg Zerline truther. I'm just looking at what's available. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a grass is always green on the other side guy. Like, th- this guy can hit the big kit, kicks in the big moment. We just need him to make – the little kicks in the little moments, and then we can have a whole, totally different conversation. I mean, now, I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, you, you've got to pull a list. They've already had a tryout. They've had a guy come in here and hit five extra points in a row, and he looked good doing it. I'm not going to lie. Like, every kick looked confident. You know, every kick looked good. But at the end of the day, like, we still we still haven't seen a man in a Cowboys uniform in the last two years kick a field goal or, or an actual field goal that is at the same level as Greg Zerline. And I know it's not great, but, I mean, it's more so like what are we going to get? Um, I think Dina Simpson put it really well here in the comments that if my doctor was only accurate on my deathbed, I would still be irritated. And that's kind of who Greg Zerline is um, to, to a certain degree. It's a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, F kit crutch says, what about a two kicker system? Shout out oh. to David Beeler. Of course, everybody Beeler. remembers uh, the, the days of that Tom. Um, I guess the, the last point here um, as we unpack the Greg Zerline you know, situation or conversation is, I think a lot of people are frustrated by this, particularly because he seems like a case of, for lack of a better word, nepotism. He's John Fossil's guy. So John Fossil's going to ride with him to the very end. You know, Brett Maher was, you know, this, you know, crazy, you know, ride or whatever, but the Cowboys ultimately discarded him. And, you know, at least as of now, he is a more accurate overall kicker as a Dallas Cowboy than Brett Maher, than Greg Zerline is. Um, Brett Maher was, that is. Um, 
is that part of it for you, Tom? I mean, does, does that add to the frustration at least that, that it does seem to be like John Fossil being stubborn down to the very end with his guy? Because like you, you were the one who said, Tom, that pointed out rightly that, that the NFL is a chaotic mess. I mean, we're seeing all sorts of close one score down to the wire games. And, you know, the Cowboys know that that's the case. And they're really going to go into this playoff run, hopefully, with that particular factor, that variable. Yeah, uh that is part of the frustration is the fact that I, I don't think it's it's a question for us. I don't think it's a question inside the building. I think it's it's a it's a it's a closed deal that he he's going to be the kicker, and yeah, that's frustrating uh, because I remember how much it took the wind out of the sails against the Raiders when the Cowboys went down and it looked like they were going to tie the game. Boop, missed the extra point. That just was a, a gut shot. Well, um, good talk um, on Greg Zerline. Um, Aiden, you have one more point. Yeah, this could be – we haven't talked about the Brett Maher revenge game this week potentially. Oh, go go off, Aiden. Well, go for it. I don't know if Lutz is going to be back, but if Maher comes in and is more accurate in this game than Zerline – I mean – Aiden, you are putting some bad juju in the world right now, dude. You cannot go out there and say Brett Maher is going to have a revenge game against the Dallas Cowboys, even though that sounds as poetic as it really probably will be. I didn't say he's going to. I just said we haven't acknowledged the potential. Yeah, man, but you, you don't want to mess with juju in New Orleans. That is Here's, just one right. of the basic rules of life. Here's how this unfolds, to Aiden's point. The Cowboys, with the game tied with a minute and, I don't know, 48 seconds left, you know, can't convert on third and four. Um, and they trot Greg Zerline out for a 57-yard field goal. He misses it. He gives the Saints promising field position. Taysom Hill pulls teeth just to get Brett Maher within range for a 54-yard field goal to win it, and he kicks it in the final seconds. Tony, how would that make you feel? Disgusted. <laughs> But could you see it happening? Could you, could you not see I mean, it happening? Of course. I mean, the way the Cowboys are losing, I can see anything happen. You know what I mean? It's, everybody, Everybody's getting their revenge tour on us. So I was whatever. having such a good day today, too, man. So weird. Um, Sturge, okay, let's let's tie a, a pretty bow on this. Give us one bit of everyone. Let's let's. I didn't prep anybody on this, but, you know, big shock. Um, everyone is, is now, you know, held to giving us one bit of positivity entering the week of Thursday night football against the saints. Nobody can copy anybody Sturge, since you have been upset the most by the accurate, but negative things concerning the Cowboys. You get to go first Enlighten us. Uh, I think it's a big, big deal that CD lamb gets back on the field. As far as Amari Cooper is concerned, we don't know yet, but CD lamb is going to be back on the field and it takes off the number one wide receiver tag to a Michael Gallup, even though Michael Gallup might still line up as like your wide receiver one. I think that pressure got to Michael Gallup a little bit and I think he's still good for big plays, but having CD lamb on that field and turning like, you know, uh, Noah Brown and, and, and um, Cedric Wilson into the three, four that they are naturally. And that's not a discredit to their talent level. It's just that those are the better roles for those guys. I think that, the passing game gets going this week, um, and and it's, you know I won't take up anybody else's stuff. So C.D. Lamb getting back on the field is a very very good thing for this offense. Dan, you get to go next since you were the most upset about the Greg Zerline conversation. I don't want anybody to steal your answer. Tom's going last, uh, just so everybody knows. Well, uh, Tank's back, so I'm I'm real excited about to see our two best defensive players playing together, and um, so I really think that that will be a fun time for the Cowboys defense. 
and uh, you know without saying other things uh that yeah that's uh i'm excited about tank being back okay so we have cd being back we have tank being back aiden you're up next brett maher is an eligible answer just to be clear i i don't think i heard the question right could you What's one one question? bit of positivity. Give us one positive thing. Put some positive energy into this space since you dirtied it up a moment ago. Yeah, you ruined it, Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> I <All> right. would <laughs> say <laughs> I'll say that I think this is not gonna completely copy search and answer, but I think Kellen Moore can finally get a little creativity pumped into mm. this offense now. Dax had enough time to recover. CD's finally back. I think we'll see what happens at offensive line. I think the most important thing is I think he now realizes he needs to get creative if the offense is going to move. So I think we get back on track with creativity this week, and that's the thing I'm looking forward to. Three good answers. This this question's worth 93 points, so you know a lot hangs in the balance. Tony? To... You know, for me, I think this game could be a springboard. You know, I think with everything that's gone on with the COVID this week, the coaches being down, players being out, everything that's gone on compounded with the two-game losing streak. If they can find a way to win this game, right, and they find a way to get back on track, I think they can get that mojo back. I think they can get that swagger back. I think this is a massive chance to walk into New Orleans. I don't care who's the quarterback. I don't care who isn't the quarterback. I don't care who's playing. If they go out there – win this game with Demarcus Lawrence back, C.D. Lamb back, knowing they got 10 days to get ready for Washington with some more people coming. I think this could be the start of us changing our tune on this team. And I know we've had a tough, a tough month. November was not good to anybody. Um, but I think if this could be the jump into December that we've all been waiting for, that can put us back in um, a happy place. That was a really good answer. Um, Tom, you're up next, although I don't really see the point um, given Tony's answer. Um, but but go ahead. Give it a try. Well, because of Dan's answer with DeMarcus Lawrence being back, Micah Parsons may just be about to be unleashed. And we may have just seen the beginning for him. And that has me rather excited <laughs> just, that, just, that just is rather excited bang done drop the mic <laughs> um does anybody have any thoughts on who should win um you know and anybody want to be selfless or selfish it's up to you you know and speaking out forever hold your peace i give it to the guy above me uh aiden you were pointing off the screen so <laughs> um <laughs> you know everybody except for tom uh pointed at tony uh, so congratulations, uh, tonight's roundtable winner, Tony Catalina. Uh, that one. was great. I totally agree with you. Um, the fact that the Cowboys could win this game and then get the week and a half and just take a breath after this crazy month, this crazy week, it'd be awesome for Dan Quinn. And then to your point, have that advantage going into a road divisional game. I know they're trash, but it's still a big game consequentially. Uh, that is, but uh, fantastic answer from all of our panelists as always, but Tony, uh, do you have anything to say? Anybody you want to thank? I mean, you know, perhaps your fiance, you know, just giving you some advice. That might be a direction you want to go in. Don't do it, bro. I, I can't give it to her. I got to, you know, I, first off, I got to thank me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> let's just get it's a win. Throwing today. At him. There's something that just whips by his head real quick. <laughs> you know, let's get a win this week. That's all I care about. Let's get back on the right side of things. Uh, score predictions before we get out of here. So, Tony, you're up first. Who wins? What's the score? I would say 
the feel good feeling comes back 34 17. Dan. You know, I'm I'm gonna say the feel good feeling does not come back. 26 20 Nolans. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Sorry. Show me uh, something first. I'm Show sign me something. off now. Show me, <laughs> now that I've, I've ruined Dave's day. Yeah, Dan, seriously, Why? dude. I mean, we were all on a high after Tony's. He wasn't having a good time anyway. Um, wow, Aiden, uh, who wins score? Well, you can quick plug my prediction articles out on Blogging the Boys, but I think 26 24. I think the Saints defense will be able to contain the offense, but I think Cowboys win in the end. 26 24 oh. Cowboys. Way to build the drama. That was really, really, really well done. I mean, like a great movie. By the way, who got their No Way Home tickets? This guy did. Uh, no big deal. Um, I don't know. Okay, because somebody else did. But uh, Sturch, who wins score? No Way Home. Is that Spider-Man? Don't act like you didn't know that, Sturch. Come on. <laughs> don't be that person. 24-21, the Dallas Cowboys finally get off the schneid. And they. Uh, I tell you right now what's going to happen uh, as a really good like deep dive prediction. 24-21, Dallas. Taysom Hill gets the ball last, drives it all the way down the field, and Brett Maher misses a field goal, and the Cowboys win the game. Oh, my gosh. The poetry behind that. Tom, who wins, score, and what will you be eating on game day? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to be eating on game day because I don't think that far ahead about my food. Um, and uh, I've, got, I've got the Cowboys winning 24-13 to because I don't think the Taysom Hill thing is going to work out that well. And the Cowboys will be able to play fairly you know, carefully and not have to do anything spectacular to just get a win out of it. Um, okay. All of you had great answers, except for Dan. Dan, you're awesome, but not a good answer here. Um, no, nobody was, was fond of this. Uh, Tony, as our winner, you get to walk us out the last however many words belong to you, sir. Take us home. Hey, this let's is where you speak, win. Tony. <laughs> let's, let's just win, period. Sweet wow. and simple. It's four words. I, I, nice. I can't wait to to leave the locker room and hit the field now, Tony. That was really, <laughs> really passionate. Um, Sturch, end us strong. Jeez, I mean, gosh. The Dallas Cowboys have had the worst month of November. We all saw one game where we're like, oh, this could be the real team, and then we just saw them lose a bunch of games. New month, new season. Six games left. They're up two and a half in the division. Let's start this strong. Let's get out there. Let's take care of business. Let's show the world why the Dallas Cowboys, the 2021 Dallas Cowboys, are special this year. Let's do it this week. That's how it's done. By the way, it went 2021 as opposed to 2021. That's a guy who appreciates numbers and years. Thanks a lot for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time.